0: Welcome, everyone, into the Everyday Experience Podcast, a show called It's Probably You. I'm your host, LDP, and Riding Shotgun. I've got Jesus back on the microphone. How are you, my friend? I'm good. You so? Man, I'm doing pretty well, you know. Um, it has been quite an interesting past couple of episodes, past couple of weeks. I think it's interesting to be doing a topic like change while both of us are just experiencing it at the highest level.
1: Yep today i was like uh at work i was like man this is the longest monday ever and it's like oh it's tuesday you
0: know it just feels like one of those days it always feels like that and i feel like it's been we've been kind of dealing with that as of late i think some of that is just kind of what we dealt with the last two years and trying to come out of that and and see where we're going to be so i I think that our like at least for me my concept of time Seems like it's been all over the place. I've been hoping uh, to get myself back on schedule, but I don't think it's going to happen until things go back to being like fully normal or whatever that looks like now. But continuing this conversation around change, I had an article that I think you're going to find fascinating and it's a lot. So I don't want to dilly dally too much, but it talks about how to be more comfortable with change.
1: Okay.
0: And it's all about shifting your mindset. But before I do so, I had a mindset shift that I thought was important to put out there. Before we actually talked about this. And it was something that happened to me. On my way down to Houston. So we just we just took a trip down to Houston. And while we were going down there. I'm always the type of person. That's very impatient. That's well no. known. Well documented. I'm pretty impatient. Uh, I like to knock things out. Pretty Pretty high on control. When it comes to my personality. So road trips with me are like if you're riding with me you probably have a pretty easy life except for the fact i have this terrible tendency i just want to speed all the way through 11 hour drive we can do it all we can do the whole thing one bathroom break for 11 hours so you want to talk about Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's intense 11 hour road trip i will say two bathroom breaks at the absolute most like so that's that's i want to just set the context for you so for a four-hour trip down to houston in my mind, you don't need a bathroom break. We can just make that happen. Thoughts before I continue? Is that too much? Am no. I, too-
1: I, I can do a four-hour to Houston with, with none. But I think at an 11, by then I've broken the seal and I've gone like four <laughs> times. Because once I go once, and I'm going to stop every time I have to go.
0: Yeah, see, that's the thing. I already know that about myself. So I just keep this thing moving so that I can keep it moving and grooving. But, okay, fast forward. Have a baby now. I was going to say now that I have a baby, it's like the mindset shifted from like the three rules that I would have before the road trip were: get there before the clock says I'm going to get there. That's like the biggest thing, right? Like if you have an ETA when you're looking at your, you know, your app and it tells you you're going to get there at four o'clock. I need to be there by three fifty eight. You know what I mean? Like I need to be I need it's to not a race, you know. It is it, Is a race. I need to beat that clock. Um, I need to be able to get there safely. uh, And I want the least amount of just like moving slowly or um, running in the traffic. Like all these things used to be important. But now that I have a child, I found myself like way more chill about this ride. And it wasn't like I had to like talk myself through the change. It was just like instant. Like I didn't feel that anxiety. I didn't feel that need to get there as fast as humanly possible. Which is nice. Honestly, that's the way to do it. My favorite yeah. is taking my time. I was going to say, that's places. probably how like, you are on a road
1: trip. I'm the, yeah,
0: yeah you stop
1: everywhere that says, oh, we have the best jerky. You're like, oh, let me go in there and try out this jerky. It's never the best. It's never good. But it's fun. I like to, to take my time. The only time I try to go nonstop is uh, if I'm by myself and I'm just getting somewhere because I have to. But I love
0: stopping at those places. I kind of figured that that was your style. Mm -hmm. But that to me was one of those pivotal moments as we've been kind of talking about this where I could actually feel the change. And that led me directly into this article. And again, the title of it from the Harvard Business Review is how to be more comfortable with change. And here's an excerpt that I think really lays it out pretty nicely. Unfortunately, too many of us have the mindset that change is temporary. When you see something as temporary, you tend to cope with it instead of accept it. And if you don't learn how to accept it, embrace, and work through your discomfort in an unfamiliar situation, you will inevitably find it difficult to progress in the rapidly evolving world.
1: Break that down for me. Like oh, I yeah, understand. we are. We're going to okay. go through
0: that one more time because that's a lot. That's a lot to digest. So, basically, what it's saying is unfortunately, too many of us have the mindset that change is temporary. When you think about change, is change temporary in your mind? Um,
1: whew, I guess now that I'm stopping to think about it, and I'm like, no, I think of like long term changes and stuff. But um, I feel like that's because we've been talking about it for a while. If you would have asked me that on day one, I probably would have been like, yeah, it's you're just doing something to get it done out of the way, and then you go back to your regular routine after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. especially when it comes to a working environment, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard your organization is going to change this or they're going to do something different? They do it for a while and then it goes right back. You know, yeah. you have the people that have been there for 15 years who tell you that, you know, we tried that back in oh, wait, and it didn't work then, it's not going to work now. So this idea that change is temporary kind of puts a facade over your eyes and it stops you from being able to lean into change as it's actively happening to you. So what I took from this was the best way to deal with change and to deal with an unfamiliar situation is to first accept that it's actually happening to you and find ways to lean in and embrace it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just feels scary once you accept that. Oh, this could be long term stuff that I'm going to have to deal with. You know, it's um just depending on the kind of change that comes your way. It could help to think of it of like, this is just going to be temporary.
0: And there's like a coping, yeah. mat. When, when I read that, I was like, wow, I, I thought about the times where I've looked at a change and I've thought, okay, this is only going to last X amount of time and then everything's going to be better. Um, I'm thinking about even when, before we moved from New York, I was like, oh, I'm leaving this company, they're going through all this stuff that's going to be temporary. I'm going to find something in Buffalo. Like I'm going to find a job here. I'm going to stay here. And within a few months I was like, Oh, I don't know if what I want to do with my life is actually here. And once I actually embraced that and started to look around, that's when I started to think, okay, maybe I can move to Texas. And what if I would have stayed in that mindset and just took little small jobs and did all these things and not actually put myself into a situation to be successful.
1: Right. You, uh, I can't remember. The, I was. I know that there's like a phrase that fits here. I just couldn't it like <laughs> slip my mind. And I can't remember what it was. So just edit in me saying something.
0: <laughs> we just gonna throw something in that's really intelligent. So the three common change adverse mindsets. That's what this article really dives into. It's like how can you set yourself up to be in a mindset where change is something that doesn't actually intimidate you, but it's something that you want to actually have in your life. So here's the first one. They're called receivers. And as you listen to these, I want you to start thinking about your own individual selves. Which one of these is you? Because it's one of us. You're one of these three. I found out which one I was. It was not a shocker when I read it. Uh, For those of you who probably listen, you probably know exactly which one I was. But let's start with the receivers. If you typically see change as something pushed on you, you're likely a receiver in some situations you might feel that the change exceeds your scope of responsibility or authority or what you're supposed to be dealing with now this is in the context of work life and just responsibilities in general okay. so signs you're a receiver you wait for direction from others before moving forward you escalate decisions assuming they're above my pay grade and you accept decisions even when you don't think they will work to avoid questioning those around you.
1: Don't think that one fits me. Well, in your description, I'm like, oh, it doesn't fit me. And then you're like, oh, you wait for orders. I was like, oh, I like when people tell me what to do at work. You're like, it just makes things easier. But all the other ones didn't. So I'm going to say this one is not a, one that I apply too much to myself.
0: So this one says, how to shift towards a change-ready mindset when you're someone who looks at things as they happen to you instead of for you. Find a no-regret move for you or your team to take. Figure out an action you can take that is not only consistent with the change, but also valuable to you in the short term. Generate possible solutions before you take any problem to anyone else. And back up any reservations you have about a decision with facts. Don't go in with fake perception. Go in with actual facts. Be able to prove to yourself, to anyone else around you who's impacting you through that change, why your idea is the correct idea.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: Then there's resistors. Resistors are less passive than receivers, but that's not necessarily a good thing. If you're a resistor, you might try to maintain your own power by pushing back against change and those who are championing it. Championing it. So those around you who are trying to make this change actually take place, you might be the type of person that's gonna actively push it back. Resistors rely on their own experience and information and try to maintain their current situation by resisting change with the belief that it will go away soon and a belief that it is nearly always incorrect. So these are the people that are like, you know what, this isn't real. This isn't yeah, a real yeah, thing. You got a ton of them on every team, right? You, you <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter what team you're on. Yeah so they say signs you're a resistor you bring up reasons that something cannot be done based off of precedent or history that's what we were literally just talking about those people you agree to a stated commitment and then find reasons not to execute on the stated commitment you poke holes in a plan as a means of avoiding or stalling it actually going into effect
1: yeah, the, like the what ifers at that point. It's yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. What, what about this and what about that? Yes. Yeah, so those can be very frustrating.
0: Because you're just impeding change. You're not actually yeah. stopping it from happening.
1: Yeah, I don't mind like questioning if it has a reason, but if you're just trying to prevent that change, like you're saying, it's
0: it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, it really is annoying. And for those listening, of course, this is kind of in this is a work concept. That I want people to think about from their life because there is a broader sense to this. This can happen to you in the workplace, but I can also see this happen to you just everything that you do everyday life.
1: Yeah, that's this. This is one you see it, um, where it's like one partner is like, "Oh, I want to do this today. I'm gonna do this," and the second one's like, "Why are you gonna do that? Yeah, like you, know, you shouldn't do that today, but oh, but we have this to do," and like they're kind of dragging them down so because they don't want them to change their. Regular routine, per se. So,
0: And it's, this can even happen with people who just don't want anything different. So I've I've been privy to conversations where, you know, one particular partner, and this is in relationships, one particular partner is looking at a situation with more of an open-minded perspective. And the other partner is like, no. But the underlying fear of them not wanting to make a change is, I think sometimes people are afraid of being left behind. Like, if you have a partner that's more outgoing than you and then the idea is to move to another city or to do something that's outside of your comfort zone, you might feel like you're going to get left behind while the other person is thriving because that's just who they are as a person. Mm. I know that we kind of had that conversation because I'm way more outgoing than my wife is. And this idea of moving across the country, I don't know how comfortable she was with it at first, but she's just been able to come into her own. I've heard that story multiple times.
1: What's his last one?
0: Oh, let's let's talk about how you can shift the change ready oh, mindset. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll change the mindset for this particular one. so you can explore how the proposed action or solution is different from what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. So like find the areas where this is actually going to be different. If the company is doing a different system and you've seen them go through four or five systems, how can you figure out ways or even positively impact the changes that are taking place so that it meets your needs? Raise your reservations at the appropriate time. Uh, be willing to participate in the debate to get a better understanding and to generate better solutions and ask questions that improve and encourage the solution rather than shut it down. So they give a good example here. Try to avoid asking things like, how do you expect me to get all this done? Which, I I mean, that's just classic. Instead, you ask, what are the one or two most important ways I can help this be successful?
1: Okay. Okay kind of break it down into what you can actually do versus just the generic like there's no way it can be done there's no way
0: it can be done exactly so the last one is controllers this has been this has probably been me my entire life so if you're a controller your goal is to control change and stabilize or manage its effects around you that means you take charge by taking the reins you might create exhaustive lists try to consider all the risk and overanalyze details that you give yourself a sense of control This is where I've seen myself, whether it be an organization or in life, I've gotten better with this, but this is kind of what I'll do. If I am looking at something and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I want to be a part of this particular change, I will overanalyze the crap out of it. I already have a whiteboard in our bedroom. I got an iPad so that I can draw and write out notes and do to-do lists and like draw out planning. I will overanalyze the crap out of something. And I never thought of it as I'm trying to escape the change, But for me, it's more of I am trying to control how this change impacts me by being by like turning over every single rock that I possibly can. But I don't think that that's I don't think that that's the right way to go about doing doing business or in a relationship.
1: Well, I'm interested to see what the um, the options you're going to bring up about how to overcome that because to me it doesn't seem like a negative thing. So I kind of want to see where their heads at or. Because I'm going to use their examples to kind of reshape what I think about that particular outcome.
0: I think with all these, whether you're uh, whether you're someone who's a resistor, or you're someone uh, who falls under the receiver, or you're a controller, what's really resonating with me is I think it's all about the decision and the intention with why you're doing it. Why are you trying to control it? Why are you resisting? Is the outcome to make yourself more comfortable or is the outcome to actually stop it from happening? Right. For me, like I don't care if change happens and I've gotten better with adjusting the change, but for those who are actually intentional about trying to make sure that it stops, I think that's where the, the disconnect comes in with this. But So signs you're a controller. You seek You seek information that supports your own views or reservations. You prefer getting detailed instructions on what to do instead of inquiring about what has been tried already and generating a brand new idea. So you don't bring an idea to the table. You just poke holes. You discount obstacles raised by others to stick to the plan. Wow. So now that you've kind of heard what their idea is for people who are controllers, I'm like 50-50 on this. As we we dive deeper into this, the discounting obstacles raised by others, I I don't I like to bring all ideas to the table.
1: I think it depends on the idea and how the, how it's brought up. It's like the thing of like oh if, if you bring it if you say I don't like this, no one at work will take you seriously. But if you say I don't like this because of this, and this is how we can fix it, yeah. then you get a lot more traction. So yeah. if they if they're coming with ideas,
0: but they're not bringing any of the work behind it, then.
1: You know, it's easier to kind of brush those off.
0: Well, I think that's with everything, though, right? Like the people who are solution oriented are going to be able to get people to understand their perspective easier. Because if I come to you and I say, I think the root cause of the problem is X. And I think that we can solve X by doing Y and Z. You're not just saying, I think the problem is X. What, that, that, like just, just calling out a problem with no active way of doing anything about it to me, does not help when there's a change. Especially as we've talked about like how change can impact everyone differently. Imagine being in a scenario where you're somebody who's just sitting on the fence. And then you get somebody who comes into the meeting and they just start poking holes in everything. You could get to a point where you're creating fears and things in other people that didn't even exist before they got there. Right. That's what kind of came to my mind when I thought about this. So they said for controllers, how to shift towards a change-ready mindset, you can bolster your own thinking and solution generation by including people who don't think like you. When a colleague or team member comes to you for help, rather than just sharing your expertise or what you would do, ask what they've already tried, kind of get into their head, kind of give them the control in that scenario and listen to their perspective. And the question isn't whether you'll encounter obstacles, but how you'll handle them when you do. Will will you be able to learn? Will you use those lessons to improve? Or will you just be stuck in your ways? So again, controllers, resistors, and receivers and why i thought this was really important to go through and dive into is because this resonates and fits into what we've talked about the receivers are the people who think that change is happening to them they they're not happy because it's happening to them it's attacking them for whatever reason this burden has been laid on them they're not looking at it from what could potentially be an opportunity here that leads directly into resistors the people who don't even want to embrace or think about the change at all. They have no desire and they're going to do everything they can to stop it from happening. And then the controllers, uh, people like myself, who as a change is taking place, we're getting every data point necessary to not necessarily stop the change, but to give ourselves a false sense of hope <laughs> that, that all these analyzing and all these notes and all these things that I'm doing are going to somehow miraculously make the change less impactful interesting
1: now is it possible to take from each
0: of them like the, oh, i assume it's not an all or nothing you're not just no one of these this guys. is very much not an all or nothing and but i i will have the, we'll be, have the article in the notes so people can go and look at it again this was the the onus of this was them looking at it from a work standpoint but as i read through it I could see how this could resonate in just everyday life. And I thought this would be good for people to hear and kind of take it back because I'm with you. And that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you is as you look at these, do you see this as a one size fits all or do you see this where it can be situational?
1: Uh, I'm definitely like situational. Although you can be multiple of them, and I wish the third one was another R, because you know, <laughs> have receiver, resistor, and, and they then controller. No, right, they just control. do that right in
0: there. Yeah, they just do. They do something different up in there. Yeah. Because well, so I'm thinking that depending on what type of change is happening, right? So when I think about myself, if it's a change to my routine, I'm probably gonna be if I here. Oh, here's the big caveat though. If it's a change to my routine that I did not condone I did not sign up for it. it's not something that I had at the forefront of my mind I can see myself being more of a resistor I don't even care about the data if this wasn't in in alignment with what I was hoping to accomplish or what I was hoping to have I'm probably going to step into resistor mode and start poking holes into the plan so that I can figure out how to not let this happen because I think it's BS. Now I want to do it.
1: I think mine is definitely tied to my caffeination levels. You know, like right, <laughs> right now, definitely receiver. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening to you. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait for people to tell me it, and then I don't want to think about it. Just l- let me react to it.
0: Yeah. Well, this is why for me this particular theme and these particular discussions have been so impactful and been. Uh, Something that I now am starting to look at how this actually fits into my life. Because I think at any given point in time, we can be one of these three. And it's about recognizing it, right? Like I think that what we talk about on It's Probably You in general is recognition of where you are with a given emotion at a given point in time. Because without recognition, without that self-awareness, all you're simply doing is you're putting yourself into a position to continue down this pattern. Because here's what I thought about. Say that you're the type of person who's a resistor and you've continued to poke holes in something. And then eventually it stops. The change isn't going to happen. Did you win? Like, you know, like what's what's the end goal here? Is it the fact that it didn't happen? So does that mean that you're in a better place? Or did everything that you did to poke holes into it, is that going to negatively impact you? Are people going to look at you differently because are they going to start blaming you for there being no change? I thought about the compound effect that can happen if you're constantly fighting against change.
1: Yeah, because that stuff definitely spreads. You know, There's always people on the fence and then when they hear someone doing that kind of stuff, it just kind of leaks over to them and they,
0: they do the same. Well, there are people who ride the fence. They always ride the fence. They have no desire to, to lean one way or another. They're just going to be swayed by how they see other people handling things around them. Uh, I look at change now, especially as I've done more research and I've looked into it. I look at change now as a fundamental piece of like the human experience. I think it's fundamental. I don't think that we're going to be able to get to a point, especially with everything that's happening in our world, we're never gonna get to a point where being stagnant is going to be helpful. I just don't see that happening ever again. I mean, technology is changing almost daily, man. Like yeah, you, wait, it's changing so fast. I, I even saw someone talk about like what happens when some of our technology peaks. Like, what do we do then?
1: Yeah, and then I think about like it's very easy for people in like the millennial age to be like, oh, our parents didn't have computers, so they couldn't keep up, but we grew up with that, so we kept up. Like, we'll, we'll be able to adapt to any change. Because there was a time where I felt like I can handle any technology change because I love tech. I study Oh, well, yeah, that's something that you're time. really into, yeah. yeah. But I think the, the thing that happened that made me realize that that's not true and that there's going to be things that I'm not going to be able to keep up with is, uh, ironically enough, uh, Fortnite. And like, oh. Uh, nice. Because when I saw my nephew playing that game, uh, yeah. On a phone with a touchscreen, yeah, and the stuff he was doing is stuff that I can't do with a controller and I or a mouse and keyboard, you know. Yeah. Like, and I play a lot of games. Yeah, you kids. do. Yeah, but seeing him do that made me realize, like, like oh, touchscreens to these kids is gonna be keyboard and mouse. Oh yeah, absolutely. they are gonna be able to interact with it and be as comfortable as we were with the other stuff. Yeah. and if you're like, oh yeah, I can figure it out. I mean, if you go try to do any of like. Pick something that you do all all the time on keyboard and mouse, and then go drive to do it on a touchscreen. You're going to be like, oh, it's not as efficient. It doesn't work. And then go watch a a younger kid who's using a tablet doing it. it. Yeah. They they do it like nothing. So things like that are going to be, you know, it kind of made me realize, like, oh, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I (laughs) can't.
0: Well, even with the VR, right? Like, Mm -hmm. even as people are stepping into virtual reality and, like... You know, there's these different metaverses, and there's these things that are happening, and people are buying digital land, and all these things that are taking place. It's like you can digital land things. It is. It is rather interesting to see this. Um, Definitely, uh, definitely made me rethink value and like time, value, resources, um, like what what is the actual end goal. When it comes to wanting to buy digital land, I understand like the currency and stuff. That is what it is. Yeah. But like that just doesn't make sense to me because you
1: don't know which one of these is going to win. It's like that guy that paid to live live quote unquote next to Snoop Dogg. Yeah, in the metaverse or whatever. It's yeah. like, Well, I mean, if there's an if that metaverse doesn't take off, there's that is nothing. It's not like you can carry that into something else. Exactly, you know? and that's the part yeah. that's like, super weird to me.
0: A lot of the things that. It's like, it is like no no this is exactly again this is all about change and it's like change is uncomfortable change does cause people to want to adapt and get ready for it but here's the other thing about change that we need to be able to look at and understand and it's right where you are with this conversation it's like there's something to be said about wanting to be on the cutting edge as something is changing but you also want to make sure that you kind of vetted what you're getting yourself into if you're going to lean too heavily into change i i I. that's why i knew that the controller was really in alignment with me because i will overanalyze things i'm not afraid of change necessarily but i know for me i will overanalyze every single element of this before i can feel comfortable or the anxiety will subside when it comes to making a change Mm -hmm. oh i know heavy this is this is Again, this has been so much fun to like start to digest and to really think about change as like an actual like verb, as an action, like change is something that you do and not something that happens. I I've, I've done thinking about change as something that just happens. It changes is, is something that's active, it's something that you do that you bring to the forefront. So again, try to think to yourself are you a receiver? Is it happening to you? Are you a resistor? Are you poking holes in every, everything that happens when change is taking place? Or are you a controller trying to do everything you can to hang on and control the outcome of what takes place around you? We'll have all these notes in. We'll make sure that you can get to this article, take a deeper dive into it, especially those in corporate America. i am really be interested to see where you feel like you fall or the people around you and how did you kind of add this to your overall life if you don't work in a corporate setting because I do think that this is fascinating. But I want to open up to you. Anything else for the fine people listening? Mm, Not on this one. Nice short episode, but good stuff. I'm happy to have spent this time with you remember you can find us on instagram at it's underscore probably underscore the letter u and our website www.itsprobablyu.com. don't forget we have our event at the kempton the harbor kempton it is may 12th from 6 to 8 podcast and pbr with more to come on that more to come on that there's so many things that are happening here and a lot of it would not be happening without your clicks without your support without you kind of leaning into the show we appreciate you all we hope to see you there and if at any point you were listening and you started to feel guilty it's probably you